Hey guys, welcome back to the show where we discuss the truth, your psychology, what's really going on in between your ears. How do we get you to the place where you can make the decisions that you want to make and stop making the decisions that you want to stop making, right? That's the effect of a process that you need to be a part of. You need to uh, envelop yourself in this process through which you're going to be able to get, you know, control back, uh, direction back in your psychology. You got to be able to manage your emotions so you can get to that point where you can make the decisions that you want to make and in a sense live the life that you want to live. Now mindset may be part of that, for instance. Uh, that may be part of it, but I would say that's mostly an effect of some deeper process that you need to be a part of so yeah, you can make the decisions that you want to make. The, the mindset is not the cause. The mindset is an effect. Now look, I, I mean, if you come to a problem in your life depression, anxiety, and you read a mindset book or a self-help book, you know, something in that stoic kind of philosophy that comes from CBT, well, that comes from stoicism, that comes from Buddhism, that, and if that works for you, then great. Maybe that's all you needed. You know, maybe you don't really need to manage your emotions. I, that That's fine, but I think for a lot of us, myself included, we come to a difficult point in our life and go, man, I want to make this certain decision, but I, I find it very difficult to make. Or I can psych myself up and I can make this decision do what I want to do for five days, but I can't be consistent with it and it feels like I'm white knuckling, you know, I'm just holding on and it's exhausting. What's going on? Am I crazy? You know, am I psychotic? No, probably not. You might be psychotic, but most likely is there's just a, a mismanaged emotional issue there that we just have to identify and, and begin to manage it. And then the mindset essentially takes care of itself with enough awareness of your fundamental emotional issues and how you are managing them or mismanaging them um, right your psychology is like uh it's like this huge bed and and you you lay down on the bed mindsets the mint on the pillow you know what i'm saying right that the mindset is just the the surface it's not really what's going on and if that works for you, then great. Then you don't need me and you don't need this channel. Um, but if you have some difficulty making decisions and you've been working on that for a while, then maybe we'll be able to help you. Uh, and, and, you know, something that um, leads into this, of course, is what I want to talk about today. So I got a question from a listener. Well, part of managing your emotions, I think, is connecting. Is how is to really break down how do you connect with somebody? Because I don't think you can do it in isolation. In fact, a lot. You go back, and I, I would challenge you go back and look at all the mistakes you made. I could pretty much guarantee you that you were isolated. Maybe not physically isolated. Maybe there are a lot of people around, but I, I could almost guarantee that there is a psychological isolation. You felt disconnected from others. And I think a huge part of you know just get in the get in our mind going, get in our mind to the right place where we can make the decisions that we want to make. You know, like gyroscope, you know, the gyroscope or just the top, but it's just cooler to say gyroscope. But, you know, gyroscope, it's just sitting on the table, not spinning. You can knock it around. It is at the whim of any slight breeze that happens to come into the window, but you get it spinning. And then it's stable and you can hit it however you want, depending on if it's spinning really fast, you can hit it really hard and it's not going to tip over. Right. And so it's like 
how do we get the top spinning? A great way to do that is through connection. And this is what this listener asks about. He says, what exactly do you mean by connect? Something I talk about a lot. Specifically connection with women. This seems to be a young man who is, uh, wants to meet women. What do you mean by connect with women? And how is this, this different than what most guys do when they meet women? I mean, isn't that what we're all trying to do? If we go up and talk to a woman or, or we go out on a date, what else will we be doing besides trying to uh, connect? Well, I think, no, I, I think that's a huge fallacy. Most guys don't connect, especially with a woman on their first date, especially if they go over to a girl at whatever, whenever they see a girl they want to meet, they go over and talk with her at a party and it's a mutual friend. You, you, a lot of guys, I think 99% of the time, guys are not trying to connect. They're trying to do something else. They're trying to perform, right? They're trying to spit game. They're trying to have game. And this is what a lot of, you know, typical game and dating advice is. It's here are the, here are the behaviors that women find attractive. So here are the behaviors you need to incorporate to impress a woman. So she's more likely to continue to talk with you. So she's more like, if you ask for a number, ask her on a date, she's more likely to say yes. Here are the behaviors you need. Here's how you be alpha, right? And here's beta behaviors. You need these alpha behaviors. That's not connection. That is a performance. And I think there's a lot of truth to, to typical game dating advice. I think there's lots of good advice out there, but that's just the behavior. And if you're talking with a woman for the purpose of, I'm gonna go over there and display these behaviors, that is by definition not a connection. That is, I want to impress you. I am trying to perform for you, which is its own problem. And I think when you start to do that with people, not just with women, but people in general, I'm here to impress this person. I'm here to perform for this person. I just think, and, and you know, this is, I, I don't have a, a, a meta-analysis to, to uh, justify this, but I just think when you do that, the other person just unconsciously, automatically, unconsciously slots you below them on the social hierarchy. They just sense, they just sense, I don't need this person because he's trying to perform uh, for me. And it's a fantasy. I mean, it's a fantasy that guys are just gonna read like a dating advice column about, hey, you gotta ask a woman out in this way, or you gotta make this kind of joke, uh, you need a teaser in this way, right, negs, I mean, that's like from, that's a term from 20 years ago, but I think that's still like part of what's going on, especially with like the online dating community. And it's, uh, you know what it's like? It's, uh, it's like in Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> which is just a perfect movie on, on many different levels. But it's like in Dumb and Dumber when, when Jim Carrey is, uh, fantasizing right they're driving out west and he's fantasizing about how he's going to get along with mary and his family and, and what's he doing in his fantasy and like his 12 year old mind's fantasy is is he's just making jokes he's making these jokes he's lighting a fart i but lighting of the fart that's a distraction from the real sadness of it is he thinks he's just going to show up at mary's place make a jokes make everybody have fun and then she's going to like him and then he has a fantasy about being up the guy at the restaurant, right? Because he's like making advances on his woman. I mean, this is what 12 year olds think. And in a lot of ways, a lot of men, when they go out and start to date, they really have not advanced. You know, they become more sophisticated on the surface, but they haven't really advanced from that. I need to go there and perform, make her laugh and, uh, 
then she's going to like me. And I think it's too bad because, you know, this is one of the sticking points. Before I get into it, I'll just say this. I think this is one of the main sticking points that men have when it comes to dating is, well, probably the first sticking point is simply opening your mouth. You know, getting the words to come out of your mouth. Like, you have to first talk to a girl. I think a lot of guys just unconsciously don't see that. And they don't see themselves not doing that. But I think the other sticking point is you can get a girl out on a date, but then she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to go out with you again. Maybe not a big sticking point, but I just know a, a point of a lot of frustration. And it was for me for a time um, when I was younger and, you know, single and out dating is, you know, I was just like whatever, like ninja jujitsu about like talking to a girl, I could get her number, I could get her out on a date with me, but going to that second date, you know, that was a huge issue for me. And I thought, right, I, I was being Jim Carrey. I thought, well, I just got to be funnier. You know, I got to say, what are your stuff? Um, turned out to not be the case. It turned out the main issue was I didn't really know how to connect very well. No, it actually wasn't until I started to really get into therapy and really manage my issues. I wasn't even focused on girls. I really started to manage my issues in a healthy way that the girl, you know, the girl issue just took care of itself. I, it just happened. I mean, that's what you're preparing for. Um, you're preparing for um, you, you're preparing your, your psychology for for these key situations. And you're really, really you're preparing for a relationship. I, I mean, and another sticking point, now that I'm thinking about it, um, that just came up because it was on Twitter last week. Another sticking point is what do you do after the, the honeymoon is over in the relationship? I don't mean the literal honeymoon, but the honeymoon phase of a relationship. It could last six months. It could last a year. Where you know it's like you're you're dating this girl and it's um it's new and it's fun and the chemicals are going it's exciting and you don't consciously overlook her flaws and your own flaws but it just happens naturally because you're having so much fun you know uh, well that goes away eventually and it's right that that goes away it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the relationship but a lot of guys take that as oh there's something wrong with this relationship there's something wrong with this girl. Because why would I be looking at other girls now? I wasn't looking at other girls before. Why would I be looking at other girls if this girl is enough for me? Maybe she's not enough for me. Maybe she's not good enough. And that could be part of it. But I think a lot of times uh, guys take the honeymoon is over. Therefore, the relationship is over. They take that to mean, yeah, there's something wrong with the relationship. But really, that's a call to connect. That is the only way out of the post-honeymoon hangover when you really start to see the person for who they are is you got to connect emotionally so even if you are not in a relationship it's still helpful to do this not only to, to get a girl out on a second date um, but to really have a relationship because otherwise guys start to think and I thought this too well, oh, well maybe I'm just not built for a relationship maybe I'm just built for serial monogamy uh, and maybe some guys are, but I think most guys who think that probably are. And the issue, in my experience, the issue is, oh, you just don't know how to connect. Yeah, you can't do this thing that's fundamental to having a healthy relationship. So how, how could you expect to possibly have a healthy relationship? Um, so yeah, let's talk about how to connect. Uh, well, I'll just say broadly, and then we'll get to some examples. I mean, really what you got to do is you take your issues and what you're going through. I mean, this, this sounds maybe simple, stupid, but yeah, we'll get to examples. Is you take your issues and what you're going through at that time, 
in your life or what you have gone through, any fears, insecurities, frustrations, joy, happiness, you take that and you relate it with the girl you're talking with. That's pretty much it. And the way that you do it is, and the way that you talk about these issues, yeah, you relate with her, but also you take responsibility for what's going on, especially for any, quote, negative emotion that you have, like a fear of frustration. This is all great stuff to talk about, even on a first, especially on a first date. You know, start it early. Start the connection early. I, I mean, there's, there, there's ways that a man and a woman can connect on the first date, especially if they're not from, you know, a similar friend group. They, you don't know any of her friends. She doesn't know any of your friends. I mean, there's ways that you guys can connect on that first date that, I mean, you simply will not be able to by the fourth or fifth date even, and definitely not a year in the relationship. You got to start that early. Uh, so when you're talking about this stuff, when you're connecting, yeah, you, you, you talk about yourself for the purpose of relating with her. For the purpose of saying, hey, we probably have a similar experience here because, you know, spoiler alert, you do. You have a similar emotional experience, even if, the, you know, the, the concrete experience is different. And you take responsibility for the issues that you have, for the issues that you bring up with her. And in the context of dating, I, I think it helps to have some fun with it. Some at least levity, which comes from your comfort with these emotions, with these situations, with these things that you could connect over. So like a, that's something that a lot of guys struggle with, I know, is procrastination. And this seems like a small issue, I, I think. Uh, maybe it seems like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, you know, I spend too much time on YouTube. Ha ha. Maybe it's kind of funny. Um, but but I think it's something that a lot of guys really take personally. And it really, and it really hurts them when they procrastinate. So the typical game way of viewing this is, well, don't talk about procrastination with a girl, especially when you first meet her, because then she may see you as like, you're weak, you don't have the willpower that you want, and that is beta, right? So do not expose that part of you to her. But if you're really trying to connect and not perform and not put on a front, how do you talk about procrastination in a way that you know you can relate with her and you can take responsibility for, and you can have fun with, right? Uh, you could say, I don't know, do I have to go through specific examples? Like, yeah, yeah, sometimes I wake up and I want to study calculus, but I, you know, watch watch YouTube until my face falls off. You know, it's like uh, it's like the Ark in, in Raiders of the Last Star. Like, that's how horrible, or that's how long I watch YouTube as my face just starts to fall off. Um, but it's your issue, right? You're communicating like it's your issue and preferably we'll get to it if you've gone to therapy and you've, and you've really looked at what's behind these issues and you can go, yeah, this is, my, this is my anxiety. You know, I have some anxiety about the stuff that I do. This is my issue and I watch YouTube until my face falls off sometimes and it's ridiculous, right? This is something I'm going through. How do you relate with that? And of course she relates with that because, I mean, you can invite her, you know, I don't, the specifics are ridiculous to get into because it really depends on the situation. But yeah, open, if, if we're talking about a first date, then just openly inviting her to relate with you. And if she doesn't, then that's an indication because of course she procrastinates because she's a human and we all have anxiety. 
We all have this experience called anxiety, and a lot of times it manifests in this way called procrastination. So something else is like, you could talk about is frustration with your boss. Now, a lot of guys wouldn't bring this up because it means like, oh, maybe my boss is, uh, you know, is more powerful than I. And if you're frustrated with somebody in your life, that indicates, that could imply that, that your boss is more powerful than you. Well, of course he isn't. So you look beta, so you don't want to bring that up. Um, but once you really start to manage your issues around your boss, what you're going to see is your boss and your, or really your issues that you have with your boss, which you, you may see as your boss, is really a reflection of your insecurities, of your own frustrations that probably have uh, nothing to do with your boss or your work. So now there's some comfort around bringing it up and you can talk about it. Maybe you can make a joke like, yeah, my boss is... Uh, like, like Frankenstein, he's like Frankenstein's monster. He's like this projection of like all my resentment that I have about like corporate structure in America. And he's like this thing lumbering around and, oh, look at my issues, you know, walking around. But again, this can only really come from a place of levity and comfort and having fun or, you know, similarly, if you don't make enough money, like you got to look at how that's your issue and, and how your own emotional issues play into you not having enough money. And you got to get really good talking through this. So when you're out on a date, you you are very comfortable with this issue. Now, there's a downside here, I will say. And the downside, or just something to watch out for, is the downside is you can get really good at, at making jokes about this stuff. Really good at looking at your insecurities and making jokes about it. And you get so good that women don't even care about any glaring flaw, any glaring financial flaw that you've had or that you still have. And she's like, whatever, he's fun, and that's all that matters. And that re really works better when you're 22, and you can still get laid like crazy, uh, even though you have all these flaws. I mean, that's what it was like for me. I mean, m minus the getting laid like crazy, but but just the uh, just ability to make jokes about your, your issues to the point where it didn't even matter. But it's like, no, this is still an issue, Mark. Like, you've still got to pay attention to this. Um, so you can make a joke about money. Like, I don't know, like I have like a... a, a the debt to GDP ratio of a third world country, you know, whatever it is, just um, any like any issues you have with like government or politics or like any frustration you have with with the deep state or you know whatever your issue is, uh, wealth inequality, you know whatever your issue is based on your politics, so it all comes from the same emotional issue, right? Which is just oh, there's problems in my life. No, I I really like politics because it's because. Because there's problems in my life that I really don't, don't want, don't know how to deal with. I really can't look at, it. and so it, it's a great distraction to just talk about, the, you know, whatever the Supreme Court's going on out there, right? It's just a great, great thing to distract myself from. Or, um, and I guess this works with uh, in a relationship too. Like if you're frustrated with your girlfriend in life, it's just like really. Uh, yeah, you connect and you take responsibility, but this presupposes you get comfortable with the issue. And a lot of guys, uh, they get into a lot of trouble bringing up frustrations with their girlfriend or wife, and it's not because they're bringing up the frustration with their girlfriend or wife. That's what it seems like. And it seems like, oh, I can't talk with my girlfriend or wife about anything. No, that, that can be true, and maybe your girlfriend or wife is a narcissist and there's no getting through to her. Well, then it's probably good to break up or get divorced. But a lot of the times in my experience, Guys have a difficult time connecting with their girlfriends or wives because they're so frustrated about what's frustrating about their wife or girlfriend, and they do nothing to process that frustration beforehand. And then they just go in to this conversation with their girlfriend slash wife, 
And are they talking about what frustrates them? Or are they talking about their frustration? Well, it's, it's kind of both. And she reacts negatively because you have not gotten comfortable with the issue before bringing it up. And that's really, I mean, all this stems from your, your comfort, your comfort with these issues. Um, how comfortable are you with your negative qualities that you that t typically a lot of guys would want to hide from women, whether it's you know frustration with your boss, your procrastination, you know money issues, your frustration with your wife. How comfortable are you with these supposedly negative things? Right, use that word supposedly. That is the operative word here because it's only supposedly negative. The only thing that's negative that we could call negative is your relationship with it, your maladaptive relationship with it, and until you're comfortable with these uh, supposedly negative issues, uh, you're gonna continue to hide them and then you're gonna continue to, inevitably you will need to see whether it's a first date, the 10th date, the 10th year of your relationship with the woman you will see as a performance, not a connection, and the relationship just won't work out and you won't know why. It just will seem like that's what happens. We just lost touch and the first date didn't work out, you know, whatever it is. But really what it was is you were not comfortable with yourself. Very, right, I mean, just the, the, the workout squad analogy, that's really more than an analogy. It's the, the same mechanism behind how we manage our emotions, how we acclimate to our emotions. Uh, you know, if you were, uh, if you could squat 315 pounds, or, okay, well, let's say it this way. If you could squat... Uh, if you're squatting 200 pounds, but your max is 205, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to have a sense of levity. And, and you're there, you know, with your workout. It's like it's not a fun experience. I mean, it's a serious, you know, we just got to do this. Um, maybe I'll get two reps. Probably not. Uh, I'll do one rep and then probably fail on the second one. But if you can squat 315 and you go to squat 200 pounds, then it's, you're going to be making jokes. It'll just be a fun experience and you can be cracking up and it's not going to affect you when you're squatting, right? And that's how it is with your emotional issues is um, just it's a thing you become comfortable with. You know, something that, that I've noticed in myself and that I notice in other guys is when they go from um, not doing so well with women to doing better with women, you would think, right, if you had no experience with that process, you would think that oh, you got to do something differently or your life is totally going to change and then you're going to do better with women. But that's not the case. What changes from having zero dates to having so many girls texting you back that you just, you know, you don't have time. What changes is imperceptible. The change is completely imperceptible. I mean, there's, you can look back and kind of think about it, but it's an imperceptible change. Because really what's going on is you're just becoming more and more comfortable with who you are, the good and the bad, and so you're able to connect more with with women and they're going to be way more likely to, uh, you know, to text you back, to go on another date with you. So you can ultimately find, put yourself in the best situation to create a healthy relationship with women who will be good for you. And so, yeah, this is what we do, right? Um, in the therapy that I offer, it's really the, the psychological version of putting 100 pounds on your squat. Because we delineate exactly 
how to talk through emotions in a way so you become ever more comfortable with them. Not for the purpose of getting good at therapy, for the purpose of taking now your increased level of comfort, your increased uh, range of perception, your can. You can take this out to the real world and, uh, and apply it naturally. It happens naturally. And all these issues that you thought you had, they really begin to clear up. And you're not doing anything differently. You're just more comfortable with what you are doing. AnimusEmpire.com slash schedule. We do free consultations. If you want to find out more, you know, just go to my website. There's a bunch of information there. Um, and I'll leave it there. Thank you guys. And remember that simply because you're out with a girl and you're having fun and she's laughing at your jokes, that in no way means you're making a connection.